When I talk about beliefs, it's uncovering those things and looking at them sort of in the light of day. Journaling is really helpful. If you're not aware of your thoughts, I think meditation is really helpful in terms of sort of becoming the observer of your thoughts. Journaling helps you see it. I always work with folks on like, let's try to slow things down because it's fleeting. A lot of those thoughts that we have are subconscious and it's those subconscious thoughts that are driving how we feel, our emotions. And it's the emotions that ultimately then lead to what actions we take, what choices we think we have. And then whatever actions you repeat over and over again are the results that we get. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you with me today, as always. And I've got a great episode for you. Amy Lang is with me today. She's a former student of mine, and it's I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. She's a health coach, personal trainer. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her in a minute, but it's truly stunning the conversation and similarities around psychology of the voice and habits and the work that she does in something totally different. It is continued validation that the power of our mind, the power of our subconscious, creating our own reality. You're going to really love this conversation. But I want to tell you very quickly, I don't know if I've mentioned my, I think I've mentioned my retreats to you. These are one day, small group events all day long, voice and communication I may be coming to your city. I'm coming to Chicago in October, Cedar Rapids, Iowa in December. Dallas, I believe, is November. These are these are going to be in, an incredible day that's going to really pack in tactics and techniques personalized to you to take your business, your success, your revenue, your relationships to the next level simply by making a few shifts in how you use your voice and how you communicate. This is for leaders. This is for professionals. This is for nonprofit directors. This is for six, seven, and eight-figure entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter. Everybody can take the maximization of their voice to the next level. So I hope you'll join me. Go to CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash retreat. Now, I worked with Amy, I think it was probably about two years ago, and she's just delightful. She is a a really cool person to be around, really fun, incredibly smart. And she, she really is a habit expert. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Amy Lang is a master health coach, certified personal trainer and host of the Happy and Healthy with Amy podcast. 
She's also known as the habit whisperer, and she helps chronic dieters free themselves from diet culture, create deep health, and rediscover joyful eating. You can find her at moxie-club.com, and I'll put that in the show notes. Now, you might think, well, I don't think I'm a chronic dieter. This show must not be for me. No, you really want to hear the conversation about diet culture and habits and what our subconscious is doing and societal implications on men, on women. We dive into all of it. It's a great episode. I don't want you to miss it. Let's head on over to the show. Amy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm looking so forward to this. I'm excited. Well, you know, I think I've had you on my list for a while. I think maybe we've even been talking about having you come on the show for a while and everything's in the timing, right? Yes, yes. And your timing is impeccable. Oh, good. (laughs) Good. Well, you know, I always start with, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll just, we'll dive in from there. Okay. Well, let's see my story. So I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, but I grew up in Michigan. So went to University of Michigan, go blue. I'm a master health coach. So I work with chronic dieters to help them free themselves of the diet culture, master their triggers and rediscover joyful eating. So this is all about creating deep health. This is Mm. about losing weight but not at the expense of your mental and emotional health, rather like it's in combination. So we look at the whole person. Yeah, there is probably so much we could talk about around this because I think, and maybe it's everywhere in the world, but in the States, which is all I know because this is where I'm from, this is where I've lived, this is such a big deal. Like I want to start with diet culture. We're we're raised, we're raised in that in a way, aren't we? Oh yeah. It's yeah, it's um it's like water, it's all around us. And so if you don't question the underlying beliefs of diet culture, it's no wonder. There's um there's a video on YouTube, uh, This is Water by David Foster Wallace, David Wallace mm. Foster, something like that. And he, it was part of a commencement address that he gave. And he talks about like these two young fish swimming along and an older fish goes by and says, hey, boys, how's the water? And then the little fish goes swimming along. And at one point, one turns to the other and it's like, what the hell is water? Oh, how this funny. Is, yeah. So I think we are immersed in diet culture. So it's really hard to to understand and to question it because mm-hmm. we've accepted it as true, as facts, when it's really just opinion. Does it become part of the identity? Like as a, you know, I remember being in high school. Well, I remember, and maybe maybe this is a big part of it, you know, my mother saying, well, you need to lose a couple of pounds. And I wasn't overweight, you know, I wasn't, a, a large, but it was this kind of this 
she would, you know, poke at my stomach and you need to lose a little bit of weight. So we all drank tab. I don't know mm. if you remember tab, but, uh-huh. you know, we would starve ourselves all day and eat tab and do dumb stuff like put baby oil on our bodies and lay in the sun. But it was just a it was just a part of the identity of being a high school girl. You just are on a diet. You're just overweight, even if you're not. Is is it really part of the identity? Is that what this diet culture becomes? Well, what happens is we're equating our self-worth mm. with how attractive other people have oh. told us we are. So it's not even that it's something we get to control. Someone else decides mm-hmm. like thin is better than not thin. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember back in like the 60s, it was all about Twiggy. Twiggy. And and I look at Audrey Hepburn and how mm-hmm. thin she was. Mm-hmm. And I think now at least it is shifted a little bit. There is mm-hmm. a, like, we want people who are a little stronger, a little more fit, but it's still about outer beauty yeah it like beauty isn't what happened to inner beauty what happened to kindness what happened to talent what happened to courage what have all of those intelligence all of those things that i i think matter more integrity that matters Mm -hmm. more and yet i think somewhere along the way it's this they get social standing too like if you're Mm -hmm. prettier um paula Horshkova, the supermodel, uh-huh. actually talks about it as pretty privilege. So it is a thing. Yeah. It's not like we've missed it. We we definitely see what happens. You walk into a room. I mean, I don't know if you've done this. I know I do this. I know my mom does it. I learned it from her. Sure. Probably. You walk into a room and you look around and you kind of compare yourself to everybody else in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, am I a little thinner than this person? Am I a little thinner mm-hmm. than who's it? Right. It's and we look at outfits too, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We yeah. That's just oh, who's having a good hair day. We're doing all of this stuff. Um. Why? Why are we doing this? And I think it is a little bit of the where do I stack up in in the room? Mm-hmm. And are you then saying I feel better about myself if mm-hmm. one or the other? And why does that matter? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah, so powerful what you're talking about, Amy. And as you were talking about, when we go in the room, it just, this memory just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'll never forget. I was, I had already, I was already past 50. And I don't remember how old I was, but the doorman of my building in New York, he said to me, I can tell you were really something good looking when you were younger. And, you know, I think he meant it. I don't think he meant it mean, but it was this, it was like somebody had just thrown gasoline in my face. And it, it, it is, it's this either or, and it's exactly what you're saying. Who set this up? Where was this established? Because it's a norm. I, I mean, I think it's how we all function and we shouldn't function that way. I love what you said about, what about intelligence? What about creativity? What about talent? Why is it, you know, I really wonder why it was set that way, that it was all about outer beauty. Do you have thoughts around that? Yeah. I mean, I I think there is something about our biology. There's, I mean, Mm. 
I'm not religious. So a, a lot of what I say is based on evolution, right? So oh, okay. we look at from an evolutionary standpoint, and you talk about the reproductive drive. Okay. You look in nature, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in nature, it tends to be more the male of the species. You look at a peacock and it's, mm-hmm. you know, showing off its feathers to attract a mate. So mm-hmm. I think somewhere in there, there's that. But we're sentient beings. We, it's like when you know better, do better, as yeah. Mark Angelo used to say, right? When mm-hmm. you know better, do better. Mm-hmm. If once you become aware of it, then you can question it. So I mm-hmm. think this whole like when I say free yourself of diet culture, part of it is uncovering the beliefs that you have accepted as true and questioning them really Mm -hmm. examining them and saying, is this true? Yeah, we see signs of it. Like I talked about the pretty privilege. Mm -hmm. She actually talks about, when I say she, Paula Poroshkova talks about- I love her. She's she's all into the like, I did a podcast episode called Enlightened Aging. Oh, yeah. But she's talking about like, there are four seasons and there's beauty in each season. So Mm -hmm. if we were to look at people, why are we defining beauty is only, especially for women. She talks about the objectification, how it's all about youth. Mm-hmm. It's all about youth. And I struggle with some of her stuff because her, her certainly her net worth, right? If we talk about her financial worth has gotten tied to her looks. Yeah. But as long as you still conflate your self-worth with what other people think, Mm-hmm. then you're letting your happiness be determined by external, by mm-hmm. other people. And that's where, when I listen to her talk, she's trying to get other people to see beauty differently. And yeah. I'm like, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's not their opinion that matters. Mm-hmm. It's your own opinion that matters. Mm-hmm. Like I remember going through the coaching program with you where there mm-hmm. was one video where I was like, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Let that beholder be you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The worth stuff that you're talking about, it just slays me. And that's actually what I'm studying. That's my research study right now. Mm -hmm. That's worth is coming off of fear of rejection and worth and shame and fear of rejection and all of this. And that's just absolutely guts me. Not just that we've got our worth tied up in our looks, but what you're talking about, our worth is tied up in what you think of my looks. Yes. Is just, it just guts me. And and this is all linked to beliefs. This is yep. all about, I believe that I'm worthy if you think I'm beautiful. It's all of that is, to, let's talk about beliefs for a minute, because I think all the real work comes from the inside out. Yep. And this is what I hear you saying that we're going to work on what we eat and and we're going to get to health in a minute, but we got to work inside out first. Yes. So is that, am I hearing that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, you know, we always start with like, what is your why? And like the business coach I work with, and I, I know you do too, James mm-hmm. Wedmore. Mm-hmm. He's always like, what do you want? And mm-hmm. why do you want it? Understand mm-hmm. that. And so when I work with people on weight loss, it's always, why do you want to lose weight? And so often I hear it in terms of what I don't want. And it's the avoiding the judgment of others. Or the flip side of that is compliments. 
compliments are are just the the other side of the coin. You're still tying how you feel about yourself to what someone else thinks mm-hmm. or says or what you think they think. They may not even say anything. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, so it's always that we start with the beliefs. Like I, you know, you talked about when you were in high school. When I was in, I think you know, I was actually in like 14 years old. So that was junior high. And every Friday night, we used to watch the Dukes of Hazard mm-hmm. and sure. Catherine Bach. Yeah. We played Daisy Duke, mm-hmm. like five foot eight, 25 pounds. And anyone who knows Daisy, she always wore those little cutoff shorts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to accentuate. My dad turned to me. Why he turned to me, I don't know. I can't explain my dad. He turns to me and he points to her and he says, she has the perfect figure. And at 14 years old, you don't question what your dad is saying. No. So so when I talk about beliefs, I'm, I am talking about like you hear what other people say and you internalize that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't questioning, oh, oh, dad's that's dad's opinion of what a perfect figure is. No, he declared it, right? Yeah. So I accepted it. Um, and so when I talk about beliefs, it's it's uncovering those things and looking at them sort of in the light of day. Journaling is really helpful. If you're not aware of your thoughts, I think meditation is really helpful in terms of sort of becoming the observer of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Journaling helps you see it. Uh, I always work with folks on like, let's let's try to slow things down. Let's because it's fleeting. A lot of those thoughts that we have are, subconscious Mm -hmm. and it's those subconscious thoughts that are driving how we feel our emotions and it's the emotions that ultimately then lead to what actions we take what choices we think we have and then if you whatever actions you repeat over and over again are the results that we get Mm -hmm. so when i work with folks like i work with them on creating habits and we start with like self-care habits so I'm always coming from this place of we're going to take care of ourselves. That weight loss is not utilitarian. It's not the ends justify the means kind of thing where you're the avoiding carbs or tracking points or counting calories. All of those are sort of means to an end. You're, you're focused on the outcome. I'm like, what about the journey? What about mm-hmm. who you are today and how you're taking care of yourself, how you're showing up today? and mm-hmm. Like even with you and the voice coaching that you did, it was like, how are you showing up today? It's not, oh, I have to lose 20 pounds before I can be seen somewhere mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. heard somewhere. And meanwhile, I'm going to hide. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as you're as you're talking about this, Amy, I'm thinking about a couple of things. I talk about voice stories. Somebody said, hey, why are you so loud? And that shuts down a voice forever. These are almost like weight stories like yep. what you're talking about. And and we form these beliefs. But as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking I this absolutely ties in to how people use their voice. If they think they're overweight and so they don't look like Audrey Hepburn or, or whatever. So who would listen to them? So they're not even going to say anything. Yeah. There's a real connection there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And is it in your mind, it's, you said healthy habits is all about, well, I'm sure part of it is all about removing the unworthiness, being able to stand on a foundation of worth worthy because you are, 
but it's about health and about living your best life. And it's, it's a, is it, is the work more about that? The, the right beliefs, the finding your value from yourself, is that the work more so than counting calories? Well, first, I don't believe in counting calories. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when I talk about habits, I have five fundamental habits that I okay. talk about. So okay. half your body weight in ounces of water. Mm. Seven to nine hours of restful sleep. We're going for mm -hmm. quality sleep. 30 minutes of mindful movement. Mm -hmm. Five servings of fruits and vegetables. So in the U.S., I think most of us get enough protein. What we're not getting is enough fruits and vegetables. So I say like, you know, three vegetables, two fruit. If you look at nutrient deficiencies, mm -hmm. a lot of times those are driving our cravings. So oh. I'm coming from this place of nourishing ourselves, nourishing yeah, our yeah. bodies, nourishing yeah. our mind, nourishing our brain. So mm -hmm. I'm when I talk about the fundamental five, oh, there's one more. It's eat when you're hungry, stop when you're comfortably full. Mm -hmm. So if you do those five, you get to practice a whole bunch of other stuff in the process. So I'm using these habits like a vehicle to then carry you, right? It takes us someplace. But Part of it is, well, how do you stay consistent with habits? And that's mm -hmm. where we do some thought work. That's mm -hmm. where we work on, well, what thought do you have when you're working on a particular habit? Because it's the thought that actually triggers a habit. Mm -hmm. People will say triggers are like the time or the place or person or an emotion or preceding event, right? You walk into a mall and you smell Cinnabon. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you find yourself ordering one. Mm -hmm. But there was a thought. There was a thought in there. It smells good. I would love one right now, right? Something, I mean, we have to physically walk over there. Mm -hmm. Most of us anyways, right? So mm -hmm. there's a volition. We walked over there. Some thought had to trigger us to make that movement. So thoughts are the triggers. And if you don't do something, thought is the trigger. And so a lot of the work, when you talk about that, you know, the shift in the beliefs, it's to question them and to reframe them and to reframe those thoughts into one that serves you, one that actually aligns with whatever the emotion that's positive that will get you to then take action, where you see all your choices that are available, that they're on this continuum and you feel good about yourself, you're confident that you can do it. And so then you do, as opposed to talk yourself out of it. Like mm -hmm. how how many times have I rationalized a choice that I've made to not do something? Yeah. 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 And I guess worth when when you're talking about these five, and I want to I want to come back to habits, but I want to jump back to the five for a minute. Worth really plays into that, I bet. I'm not worthy it, on, on a on a real low key underbelly kind of way. Does worth play into? Well, I don't get to get seven hours of sleep because I gotta I've got to do this or I've got to do that. Does worth play into that as well? Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think people try to lose weight more from self loathing, like. I'll be happy. I'll be good enough when I lose the weight. Mm. When I, how many times have you heard someone say that? When, yeah. the, when I lose the weight, then I'll be happy. That's yeah. that's worth. 
that's tied to work. That's when I'll be acceptable. I, I yeah. had one trainer who whose mom actually said, if you're fat, you're not lovable. Oh my god! Don't you say that to your child? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, worth is, so coming from a place of self-love, when I talk about the fundamental five, I say self-care. Mm-hmm. You, when you think about a little child that you're taking care of, you do it out of love. It's mm-hmm. not, I, I, at least that's, I hope, I hope mm-hmm. that it's from this place of love. So when I talk about caring for yourself, I want it to be coming from a place of love in the now, mm-hmm. not later, not yeah. later. It's, yeah. it's not when I've lost the weight, then I'll start these habits. I'm like, no, how about, how about your worth taking care of now today so that you can feel better now today. Yeah. and. And I think it's, you know, some people say, so you have to do the thought before the action. I'm like, sometimes you can go the other direction. Sometimes you can mm-hmm. act your way into the feeling mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I, I totally believe that. Uh, but it's also good to examine the thoughts. Mm-hmm. And question oh, them. yeah. Are they? Yeah. 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 I, I get what you're saying on that. Sometimes I will go to a technique first before I unwrite a story. Because I can tell that it's going to, that's going to actually get me what I want. And I think that's just an individual thing that you probably spot in your clients and know yeah. that you, yeah, okay, with this one, I need to go that direction. Okay. There was something else I wanted to ask you about. Well, I know what it was. It was receiving in, in these, in the, with the people that you work with. Do they, because this almost in many ways sounds like protection mechanism, a lot of protection mechanisms a lot of that that's what I, I it sounds a little bit like to me do you find that people struggle to receive the message of i'm worthy to do it now i can do this today i could i don't have to wait until i lose the weight to do people struggle to receive that is that part of the work and the worth is that something you help people with Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's this. So I have a framework I call joyful eating Mm. and the four pillars of joyful eating are nourish, love, trust, and gratitude. Mm. So I guess parallelism, it should be nourishment, but anyway, (laughs) so, so when I talk about habits, we're talking about nourishing your body. There's also, so a lot of what I'm, you talk about protection. I talk mm-hmm. about things like scarcity versus abundance. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when I talk about those habits, I'm talking about how do we make sure that we're taking care of your physiological needs mm-hmm. as opposed to the psychological. Mm-hmm. Psychological is the the sort of, when you talk about um, protection, I say yeah. things like, your brain has two priorities, two major priorities. One is to avoid pain or discomfort. And the second is to be efficient, conserve energy. Because hundreds of years ago, food wasn't all around us. Mm -hmm. There were famines, actually not even that long ago, feast Mm -hmm. or famine. So biologically, we want to conserve energy. So when you have those two things, this is why we have habits, because habits don't take a lot of energy. Maybe when you're first learning it, like I, I always like to use driving a car, learning how to drive a car. 
remember like the first time you had to get into the car and back out of a garage Mm -hmm. the very first time like the sequence of things that we had to do Mm -hmm. and you're like nervous like adjusting Mm -hmm. the mirror the seat which way to turn the wheel versus now now you get in and yeah you still have to remember to check behind you but you don't have to really consciously focus on all the other stuff Mm -hmm. so my goal is to help people develop the habit so that it's automatic. So then weight loss becomes easy and inevitable. It's the outcome. It's the byproduct mm-hmm. of taking care of ourselves. It's not the actual goal, if you will. So the goal is more the the behaviors and let mm. the outcomes take care of themselves. Yeah. I think that habits are the, that's the work, isn't it? Because we don't, we have so many habits that we don't even realize our habits. We just automatically do things. Well, and so I'm working on a book. I was going to get to that. Yeah. So I'm working on a book. It's coming out in October called Thoughts Are Habits Too. And so when you think about questioning those thoughts, thoughts are those triggers for your habits. Habits are what are getting you the that outcome, that result. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you want a different result, if we work our way back, mm-hmm. there's the thought that Goes we to want to take a, take a look at. And so, yes, in terms of protection, our brain is wired to want to avoid pain and discomfort. Yeah. So if you fear rejection, that's mm-hmm. pain and discomfort. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. So they do line up. And do people have a hard time receiving? Sure, because I think... In the book, Switch, and also um, Jonathan Haidt actually wrote the book called The Happiness Hypothesis. He's a Mm -hmm. psychologist. Mm -hmm. He talks about the rider and the elephant and the path. Mm -hmm. So our emotions, those subconscious thoughts, those beliefs, those are the elephant. Elephant's very powerful. Mm-hmm. The conscious rational brain is the writer. So when we make a New Year's resolution, it's probably the writer talking. Mm-hmm. But the elephant's playing a role. Like if you think that you, you will be happy when you lose the weight, that's the elephant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's and an so illusion. We... <laughs> <laughs> it's a mirage in some way. Right? Like, yeah. oh, when I hit go, how many times have I heard, like, when I hit goal weight, I'm like, when you hit goal weight, what will you be thinking? And I remember one client telling me, like, I'll be, I'm afraid I'm going to regain the weight. Mm-hmm. If you have a history of dieting, that's definitely one of the outcomes that is very familiar. Your brain has evidence that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So we're coming from a place of fear. That's scarcity. Uh, how do I get, how, so my job is always like, okay, let's, Let's reframe this. Let's think about this. Is there another way to think about it that you believe is true that will serve you? And let's let's get that. And and it takes work. It takes repetition because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like if you've written with your right hand for years and years and years, and now you have to learn to write with your left hand, it's going to take a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Or you brush your teeth with your right hand versus your left hand. It feels weird. Have you ever tried to do that? It is wild. I have to do to it. Do. Yeah, I broke so, my shoulder. That's I right. My right shoulder. You told like me that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It, 
This reminds me of what, you know, what they'll say about lottery winners. A lottery winner will lose all the money within months or weeks. And it's because that internal belief system, that internal wire working is saying you can't have this money. So it's very much what I hear and what you're saying. Yeah. I want to hear more about the book. What, what all are you talking about in the book? So thoughts are habits too. The subtitle is how to master your triggers, Mm -hmm. free yourself from diet culture and rediscover joyful eating. So joyful eating is this, like when you watch a baby eating or or breastfeeding, like I remember watching my sister breastfeeding Mm -hmm. or my mom feeding her, however you want to put it. (laughs) And there's that, like babies know when they're hungry. There's a distinct cry. All the moms out here listening know like there's a distinct cry. And when they're full, trying to get them to eat more, that's not happening. And yet as adults, we've like uh, untrained ourselves of that. We've mm-hmm. we've learned a whole bunch of different things. It's time to eat. Well, why is it time to eat? Because it's noon or because you're hungry? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I can't remember how many people have said, well, when should I eat? I'm like, when you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you do you know when you're hungry? A lot of people actually don't know when they're hungry. Mm. They, I, I've run into folks who like ignored the hunger cues because they're busy, or ignore the hunger cues because it's not time, or you know, whatever mm-hmm. the reason is, wow. and don't start eating until they're ravenous, hangry. Mm. Hang, yeah. We all know yeah. that expression, hangry, and so then it's really easy to overeat. Mm-hmm. It's like the pendulum. We mm-hmm. can't stop. We're eating faster than we maybe would if we were weren't as hungry. We choose mm-hmm. different things to eat when we're hangry. We mm-hmm. will crave like the carbs and the salty foods or the sweets, whatever it is. Because your brain is like, I need, I need energy to function. I think that's part of it. So I'm mm-hmm. always looking at the the biology behind stuff too. Yeah. There's the psychological component and then there's the physiological component. Yeah. to it. And I really want to work like with our brain and body, I, like work mm-hmm. by, by leveraging habits. Uh, you already have habits. Mm-hmm. I don't have to create something new. Mm-hmm. Like when we talk about systems, like in business, we talk about having systems that automate processes mm-hmm. so that the important stuff gets taken care of automatically. What is a habit if not that? Yeah. 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 And the book's coming out in October. In October. Yeah. You're going to do a big launch, book launch? What are you going to do with, yeah, yeah, that's the plan? That's the plan. That's the plan. So exciting. So still working on the launch plan though. I need to get going on that, (laughs) but I need to finish (laughs) writing the book first. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a project. That's a labor of love. And you've got a podcast. What's the name of the show? I don't remember. Happy and Healthy with Amy Lang. Happy and Healthy. Yeah. And can I just say with the podcast, like mm-hmm. I started this podcast in February of 2020 wow. and I became your client. How long has it been now? In 2021, I, I think, think 21 mm-hmm. of April. And okay. So when I first started recording those podcasts, <laughs> this is a plug for you. Okay. <laughs> when I first started recording those, it took me, I mean, I had to like, make my notes, do some research, write the script for it, at least some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I still remember 
the very first one I recorded, I had to edit out all of my rights and okays and all the filler words that I <laughs> yeah. have. I think I counted. It was like 80 something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you won't hear them because I edited them, edited yeah. them out. Um, but it, so it took me probably three and a half days to do all oh, that. And yeah. you can't hire like a VA to do that in the beginning. You just, you don't know enough yet to, right. to do that. So, and then I think it was about two, two months after I finished coaching with you, I recorded an episode in one take, in one take. Which is so like, awesome. I was like, so awesome. I got to tell Tracy. <laughs> oh, and that just thrills me because it's not sustainable to have a three and a half day process. You would end up hating it. And I always strive for my people to be one take wonders because it's truly in you to do it in one take. And that's so great. I'm and sure it's what, more enjoyable that way too, to yeah, record well, and it, everything. It's a conversation. Then I I mean, the, the mm-hmm. weird thing is I'm having a conversation with an imaginary person. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when I interview people, the ones that have a podcast already or are comfortable speaking, those are the best ones. We're, we're just going back and forth, having a mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I'll have a guest on who goes into that. And I've, I've said this before, you've ruined me. Like I listen to folks <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, like I, I hit the pause button. I'm like, I can't listen to you right now. I'm, you're not speaking. Like you've gone into, I don't know what, where did you go? Because you're not talking to me. We're having a conversation and you're like presenting. It's, it's, I don't know. What do you, I can't remember what you used to call it, but there's that. Well, it's that on mode. It's it's performance mode. And I just, when she told me this, Amy told me this before we started recording. And I just said, that is, that is gold. That is gold because that is what y'all hear me talking about all the time. And that's what Amy's talking about. And the fact that she stops them and says, I'm not tracking with you anymore. That's that connection piece. And it literally becomes this deal breaker, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not listening to you. I yeah. think so many people, um, even in training, when they go from the like teaching to the to the sales pitch, you'll hear that shift in the voice yeah. as well. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing happening. And when you know, you know, you can hear it. You can't unhear it. And, you know, when I work with people, I'm sure I've told them when I worked with them, You'll never hear voices the same again. And that's pretty much the truth of what happens. But it just shows the power of the work of the subtle nuances that make all the difference in the world. Yeah. And you sound great, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. But I'm curious, as you were listening to me, because I know you do this, you can't help yourself. <laughs> well, maybe you can. Maybe you turn it on and off because it, it would be annoying if you were mm-hmm. at parties and you kept doing it. Yeah. When I'm talking, have there been specific places, like in the very beginning, I was kind of like, I remember giving my introduction. I'm going, I just don't, don't want to forget anything. I wasn't mm-hmm. trusting myself. Yeah. Did you hear that? I think you heard that. So what's interesting is when I'm interviewing people, you're right. I cannot have it on all the time. And I I rarely, when I go to parties, even mention that I do this or I become the party trick. 
I get trapped in the corner and everybody lines up and they're like, what do you hear in my voice? What do you hear? You know, and I'm like <laughs> waving for somebody to bring me a drink or something. I'm getting a headache over here. So I generally don't even tell people what I do, but I, especially when I'm interviewing people, I'm focused on the conversation. So I am able to get in a zone where I'm not analyzing constantly. Now, if you said to me, okay, flip it off and tell me what you hear in a split second, I could flip it off. I don't. Now I can reflect back and go, "Mm, let me think about this for a second because I never forget sound either. Never. Your, Your sound from start to finish will never leave my head. I can go, I could pull back up the first time I met you. I could pull it up right now. And so if I reflect back, there was not a disconnect like what you're talking about. You're talking about when people start talking and they're not even, and they're not grounded. They're thinking about the words. They're they're just not there. And so everything falls flat. Wasn't like that. It was not like that at all. If I think back and really hone in, and I could go back and listen to this recording and come back and go, yeah, maybe a tiny bit of questioning, maybe, but there's not been one moment where I've disconnected from you, not one. And so what becomes something like that where you can identify it becomes so microscopic in the big scheme of things that that is not, that's not a deal breaker. The deal breakers are what you're talking about when somebody comes on the show and starts going banana, 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 banana. And the power of you going, I'm not listening. I'm not going to listen to that. And that's really what I want people to understand is we listen or we don't. Well, and I think there are people who I've had on because I, I invited them because I really I thought what they had to offer was so important. And yet I was having to work really hard yeah. Yeah. To, to stay connected, to listen, mm-hmm. because because it was kind of one way. Yeah. And that's it. They, yeah. they go into their teaching, they call it teaching voice or performance. Uh-huh. Performance or on professional or whatever. professional voice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, you you sound great. You sound super grounded and engaging and really conversational. Not that that's why you came on the show for me to analyze your voice at all anyway, but I I do make those observations. I And I love it when I hear my people just absolutely crushing it and being so engaging. I believe that person gave you a permission slip to check out. You are not giving me a permission slip today to check out. And I love that. That to me is you're doing the work that you that you learned. And I'm just I love nodding it. my head. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I like yeah. being a good student. Yeah. That's definitely part of my identity. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, it takes a while for it to all come together. Like I'm sure the people that you work with, it's probably not a one and done. It's a process of rebuilding things that were put in place from a long time ago. And we have we you can't just necessarily listen a couple of times and you have it. You you really have to have a guide like you to lead us to help us rewrite these things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little, it's a little bit of layers too. the, mm. the onion. There's, mm-hmm. there's some, sometimes like you burrow a little bit here and there mm-hmm. and then 
old thoughts come back and mm-hmm. realize that they came back in a slightly different form. Mm-hmm. And and it's um I heard the analogy or metaphor uh working with a coach, it's they're on the outside looking. Yeah. And if you're on the inside of a bottle, it's really hard to read the label. Someone yeah. on the outside, it's very easy. So I think part of it is like I've heard that story over and over and over again. I I almost yeah. can't even hear it. Yeah. And and you'll hear if you don't hear the story itself, you'll hear its its effects. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, Amy, this is so fascinating. And we're going to put your books. Well, you probably don't have a link yet. You don't have a link yet. Well, I'm going to check with you before I roll this episode out. I'm interviewing Amy right now. I'm not sure when this episode will roll out. Hopefully we can have a link to something when it it comes out. If not, we'll put your website. Where's the best way for people to find you? Obviously the podcast is one way. Yeah. So right now I would say the podcast is the best. uh, So it's Happy and Healthy with Amy Lang. And uh, moxie-club.com is where I have a lot of of the resources there, the programs there. And I do have the domain name, thoughtsarehabits2.com. Oh, cool. Oh, awesome. Perhaps I can get something there before (laughs) this this gets released so that when folks go there, there's something to do. Yeah. Well, and if not, we will have people follow you on social media and follow the podcast. And then at that time, when it, whenever it rolls out, whenever the big launch is, they can check out the book. Yeah. Oh, actually, so for social media on Instagram, my handle yeah. is at Habit Whisperer. Oh, that's right. Habit Whisperer. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely follow Amy. She puts some really good content up. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so glad we were able to make this happen. And it was really great to conversation with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to share some of these things that I've learned along the way. I hope I've saved people some time. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, if you're doing, it's it's this two-step strategy that people use that I think is just fundamentally flawed. It's the, I'm going to lose weight first and then figure mm-hmm. out how to keep it off. Mm. As yeah. opposed to, well, why don't we do it so that the weight loss thing is the byproduct? Yeah. 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 And if you, if this is speaking to you, which there could be any piece of this conversation that might be speaking to some of you listeners, If any of it's speaking to you, make sure you follow Amy, check out her work, maybe even have a conversation with her about helping you rewrite your habits. Thank you. And of course, if anybody listening here hasn't actually gotten coaching from Tracy, (laughs) if you've just been like a lurker listening, (laughs) uh, I would encourage you. It really, it makes such a huge difference. Um, to be able you talk about like people talk about finding their voice and all that stuff it's it's this instead of asking for permission you're you just you're coming from this place of conviction that Mm -hmm. I have something to say and I trust that I have the words that they'll come yeah yeah and you're doing it you're walking it baby (laughs) I'm proud I'm a proud I'm a proud one today (laughs) listening to Amy all right well thank you so much for being here Thank you, listeners. It was great to have you with me as always. That's it for today. 
and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 